0: There's no two ways about it. Job interviews are terrifying, like jumping out of planes or public speaking. Anyone who says they have always and do always just love them and, oh, no, they never get nervous. They are flat out lying. Job interviews are a high-stakes game and getting nervous? Totally normal. Look... But just like public speaking, applying for a new job is a skill. And that means through practice and hard work, you can always get better. I'm not sure about the jumping out of planes thing. You might not reach Barack Obama levels of brilliance at it, But the good news is that you can definitely learn to improve. Yes, we can. Yes,
1: we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. can.
0: And that's our mission in today's episode. I'm going to be chatting to the team at Australia's biggest job search website, Seek, and also the founder of Boost Juice and part owner of Retail Zoo, Janine Alice. We're going to be talking about how to prepare, what to apply for, and what is going to make sure you stand out for the right reasons. I'm Jamila Risby, and this episode of the Future Women podcast is How to Get Hired.
2: More women have the opportunity to drive change. If someone says, I'm not a feminist, I ask, what is your problem? We must do better. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day
0: is... Am I good at job interviews? Yes, um, I'm good at selling myself
1: and talking myself up. I think you know a job interview's gone well when they give you some indication afterwards that they're going to call you back. If there's no follow-up, then you know it hasn't gone smoothly. When
2: I'm about to go into an interview, I feel sick with nerves, so I have to take a moment to just stop and calm myself down and focus because otherwise I find the nerves... It's like the overriding emotion. I'm than going to let myself down by feeling nervous instead of being like, this is why you should hire me. When I go into an interview, I sort of channel my inner corporate warrior like Sasha
0: Fierce in a blazer. If you're thinking of changing jobs or even making the leap to a new industry, you need to start with the basics. Getting an understanding of the current job market is essential for success. There's no point going into this blind. You need to get your timing right. Sarah McCartney is Head of Corporate Affairs and Government Relations for SEEK. She is literally in the business of getting people hired and also of helping organisations find the right people for jobs. She had a really encouraging message about the current state of the job market.
1: Across Australia, the employment market is looking healthy. We've seen close to 12 months growth at a national level in the number of employment opportunities available is definitely in one of the healthiest places it's been for some time. And this is also even stronger across Victoria and New South Wales. We do see certain industries uh, where there is greater opportunity in healthcare and medical roles, education and training, trades and services. There is a real shortage of skills in some of the other industries of arts and media banking and finance superannuation we are seeing less roles available than there were 12 months ago but broadly if we're looking long term and at sort of macro trends there is an increasing shortage of people who have highly service-based skill roles so that reflects back on education and training nursing healthcare workers community service workers because we've got a growing population um, where more social services are required, people with those skills are, are in great demand. And furthermore, a lot of those roles are not easily automated. Um, we are also seeing a strong demand for highly skilled people with science backgrounds, mathematics and engineering backgrounds, as well as management and people leader backgrounds. So on either ends of the spectrum in the employment market, there, there is great opportunity for people.
0: Now, even if you're working in an industry where there are less opportunities or you're trying to move to one of those industries, please don't panic. There is no reason to despair. Just because the job market is a little tighter doesn't mean you shouldn't shift your sights elsewhere. It's just a fact to have in the back of your mind. And it tells you that you'll need to be that much better prepared and perhaps ready to apply and miss out a few more times before you land something. Sarah says that if you're contemplating a major role change to a new area or even a whole new career path, it's really important to take the time and get to know the industry. Make sure that this is a shift that you really want to make and not just a grass is greener scenario. Don't make assumptions about what a new career will be like. Talk to people on the inside and find out for sure.
1: When looking to change industries, it's very important to understand why you want to change industries. And often the most effective way to do that is reflect on the industry you're in, what you love about it, what you don't, and then to understand the industry you want to get into. And often we can have preconceptions or misconceptions as well about an industry. So finding someone who works in that industry that you want to move to, you know, asking them out for a coffee, really understanding what's happening in that industry is critical to then understand what you could do in that industry, because it can be quite a challenge in certain roles to make a jump from one industry to another. And the more understanding you have of that industry you want to go into, the better. And the best way to build your confidence in moving industry and your likelihood of successfully moving industry is to talk to as many people as you can in that industry and understand and test with them how you could fit in so by saying hey this is my experience today these are the companies i've worked for this is the industry i'm familiar with where do you see my skills or experience could be useful in your industry or in a company like yours and get people to reflect on your position and experience and challenge you so you start to have a really solid understanding of how you can best position yourself when you do apply for roles in those new industries and When you go for interviews in that new industry, it can be really helpful to say, oh, you know, I've spoken to a friend or an acquaintance of mine who also works in this industry and they thought my skills would be really helpful in this situation. And it starts to give almost
0: a sense of endorsement about the value you could add. Having those chats with people in the industry you want to move into is essential and that's because they are going to be able to teach you about transferable skills that will be relevant to what you'll be doing the job market is changing. It's totally different from what it was 50 years ago when most people trained for a single job and stayed in that job for most of their lives. The modern workplace rewards skills like group leadership, sound judgment and strategic management. These are skills that can be applicable in a whole range of circumstances and in lots of different industries. Sarah advises that it's important not to let the fact that you don't meet every one of the selection criteria hold you back. Remember that selection criteria is just a company's wish list. It's not necessarily a set of deal breakers. You don't have to tick every single box. Our
1: research tells us that when females in particular are looking at a position description on SEEK, they checklist every requirement. And if they don't meet every requirement on that position description, they're not likely to apply for a role compared to men who will look at a position description. And if they can do about half of it, then they'll feel confident enough to apply for the role. And so women are really doing themselves a disservice by not having the confidence to apply for these roles that they are more than capable of doing. So we really encourage women in particular to have the confidence to apply for these roles because companies, hiring managers and recruiters are not always expecting people to be able to do every element of the role.
0: It's a truth universally acknowledged that writing a resume is one of life's truly horrendous tasks. Most of us feel uncomfortable selling ourselves at all. Combine that challenge with reducing the entirety of your career achievements and personal attributes down to a cute two pages. Oy, Janine Alice is the founder of Boost Juice, which, since its creation less than 20 years ago, has grown to almost 500 franchises worldwide. Janine has been responsible for hiring hundreds of people during her career, and she knows what will make your resume stand out above the rest. She's also that badass member of the judging panel on Shark Tank, but I held myself back from asking about reality TV, and I tried to stick to the important stuff.
2: People have short attention span. So the information that you've got to give to someone is in the letter, in your first subject matter, needs to grab their attention. Then the first paragraph needs to make them want to read the whole thing. So if you've got the headline and the, the first paragraph wrong, well, they won't even read the wonderful stuff that you've done. So really take time in making sure that You can give nearly an executive summary in the first paragraph to make them want to read the whole resume.
0: Sarah says it's important not to hit send on the email with your resume attached and then just cross your fingers. She wants you to take an extra step and advises that you should make a phone call, even if it feels a tad awkward.
1: And I also always encourage applicants to contact the recruiter or the company once they've made an application. It just really demonstrates that you're prepared to go above and beyond. You want to make contact with the company. You want them to know you've applied for the role. And having a a person to talk to, it starts to build a rapport and a relationship. And that can go a long way to ensuring someone reviews
0: your application, or it allows you to just add more color to to yourself. Once you've landed that all-important in-person chat, that's when the real work begins. A job interview isn't only about making an impact once you're in the room. You need to prepare. You need to study to maximise the chances of performing at your best once you get in there.
2: Some tips for preparing are first and foremost, do the research on the business that you're going for. You know, understand, do as much read. I mean, we've got Google. There's no excuses now. You can find out with the Lotus News. You can find out if they're a public listed company, find out, read their annual report. So, when you're going into the, the meeting, you throw those informations down through the interview. Like, oh, I understand that you're up 15%, but I understand you've got challenges with your international market. Like, you know, that would make me go, wow, that's great. You've actually had taken the time to really understand what the business needs are instead of going, I'm going to come to the job and wing it. Yeah, so it's really important that you do the research before you go in for the job.
1: Preparation is probably the most obvious factor that lets people down when hirers and managers are interviewing people. The most significant thing that stands out is people that have done their research, not just about the role itself, but also the company and therefore the value that that role needs to be bringing into the company and and what the company more broadly is trying to achieve and therefore within their experience, skills and capabilities, what they can do above and beyond the actual position description that they're reading. Um, And they can do that well when they know a bit more about the company. And it stands out so clearly when people haven't researched and what hirers are really looking for is to understand why people want this job in particular. Often hirers come across people who want to leave their current job and change job. And therefore they sort of sense this indifference as to what job they get. Any job that's not where they're currently at feels like a, a good move. And what managers and hirers are looking for is someone that's deeply passionate about this role in particular that they're applying for. So, To really get a step ahead of the crowd and make yourself stand out when you're applying for a job, the most beneficial thing you can do for yourself is research the company. And ways you can do that is by going onto the company's website, in particular doing news searches on Google. So typing in the company name, seeing what they've been covered for in the news, and that gives a good idea about what the company's trying to promote about themselves and also how the industry and media are positioning that company. And it gives you a really good feel about the strategy of the company, issues that are apparent in that company, and broadly what the industry that they operate in is going through. And therefore, that can help someone make sense of why, why the company might be advertising for this role and what they might be expecting this role to be delivering within the company.
0: Whenever I'm going for a new job, I tend to overthink what I'm supposed to wear. It seems and sounds a little bit silly and cosmetic, but... The truth is, humans are visual creatures, so how you present at a job interview can be really important. It's about making a positive, professional impression, and also indicating that you'd be a good fit for the culture. In my office here, I have a
2: wear what you want policy, right? I don't care. Come in thongs when you get when you have the job, and come in shorts, come in t-shirts. I don't care. But if you're having a meeting with a um, with an international potential partner or your you know then you then I do expect you to go right what have I got on today I've got a meeting with a person who might be more expected to have a a a higher level of of, um, professionalism then dress appropriately but if you've got a normal day come in your yoga gear I don't care but if you're going for a job then you should come um, dressed for that job. You should come say yeah. You know, and it doesn't mean you come in a suit, but it does mean you 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 go. Your shoes are clean. Your clothes are neat. Your your hair is done. You you are presenting as, as someone who has all of their stuff together. Now, when you work for me, I don't care if you come in with a bun and yoga pants, but. You need to perform. But I think when you're having your first impression, it's important you don't come in with your gym gear for an Mm -hmm. interview. I know know it says common sense, but sometimes people walk in, you go, really? But also I think also know your room. I think I've had – I was looking for a PA a few years ago. And I had a lot of women come in and they were in suits, but like really anal suits. And for me, that was even too far. So understand the, try and understand the culture of the business as well to know that, you know, we're we're not a suit tie and stockings and high heels, um, but come in, come in neatly dressed.
0: I'm a big fan of money. I
1: like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in.
0: Once you're in the interview, you need to be honest. Don't lie about your experience or why you want the job. At the same time though, being as honest as Adam Sandler and saying that you just want more money or you have to leave your old job because you kind of screwed it up, well, that's probably not going to help you. A job interview requires that you put your best foot forward while setting aside that slightly less attractive foot. Maybe Keeping it hidden from view behind the door. We're not generally comfortable in an office setting, I would say. I get cooped up. Not so task-oriented. not a workhorse. I also get headaches from computers, so I can't be around them for too long. If you're looking for a Clydesdale, I'm probably not your, your man. We're slow learners, and we're not particularly good listeners. That'll be, a, that'll be a huge problem. We're also slow
2: learners. I think probably the worst you can do is bag your previous boss... Because the, the person interviewing you go always thinks in the back of their head, well, God, if you say that about him or her, what are you going to say about me when your next role? So even if they are an absolute shocker, you, you just don't do it. You know, you might hint at... You know, that you know, there wasn't was a cultural fit or you know, you can say things like that, but if you just say, Oh, my boss was a real arsehole and and I couldn't work for him, you know, I, in the back of my mind goes, Oh, I wonder how
0: what you'll think of what you'll say about me when you when you go. So you want people to have that level of professionalism. A lot of our listeners have specifically asked about being a mum and whether that's something you should try and hide from a potential employer. Please remember that being a parent is a skill. It's hard work and it's important work and it's not something to be ashamed of. It should never be something we're ashamed of. On top of that, it is illegal for an employer to discriminate against you just because you've got kids. Janine and Sarah have some really good advice on this for mums who are wanting to get back into the workforce, perhaps after a kind of long period outside of the office.
2: Don't make excuses for it. Don't sort of come in and go, oh, look, you know, obviously I've been out of the workforce for a period of time. Don't go there. Go to the place where, do you know what? Before I had children, this is what I did. Don't apologise for the fact that you made a choice to stay home with your kids. That was the choice that you made. Focus on why you're an extraordinary and then why you want to get back into the workforce and how you're going to manage it. So don't ever apologize for the choices that you make.
1: Own them. Looking to get back in the workforce, the most important factor to probably highlight is just the confidence. Too often we see women who are trying to enter into the workforce, lack the confidence to apply for roles that they are very capable in. And it is always important to be aware that businesses are becoming increasingly flexible in their workplace practices. So allowing, you know, different schedules during the day. So if you have to accommodate, pick up and drop off of children or working from home or four-day, three-day working weeks or job sharing, there is an increasing acceptability of that across Australian workplaces, which is just fantastic. So if you feel like you could do a job, don't let any of the um, superficial barriers such as you know full-time or must-have-these-requirements, must-have-this-experience, don't let those things be barriers. Feel confident to apply for a role and um, demonstrate what value-added Two companies when you were employed and bring that through into your application and also make sure that your cover letter is specific and relevant to the role that you're applying for.
2: I have confidence in sunshine.
0: I have confidence in rain. I have confidence that spring will come again. Besides which you see, I have confidence in me. Remember that Confidence is everything and you need to show that confidence in your own skills and abilities. And you need to do that from the moment you walk in the door.
2: Oh, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. You know, I think it's, you know, it's important you walk in, walk straight and the most important thing, I know this is silly, but have a firm handshake. You know, the amount of men and women I've come across that have a fish handshake immediately, I think, Oh, weak person! I can walk all over them, or they haven't got the confidence, or you know. And so, one of the things I even teach my nine-year-old daughter is how to shake a hand, because it, you know, I'm not talking you know, make it strong so people are at their knees, but a firm, confident handshake immediately says hi, I've got confidence. And immediately, if you've got a wet fish as a handshake, then uh, immediately they go, oh, okay, this person's sort of not someone that's, that's got strength. And whether that's right or wrong, and often it's wrong, um, that, is a, that is the impression you give. So have
0: a firm handshake. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Future Women podcast. We would love for you to join us in our community to continue the conversation. Membership is less than the cost of a couple of coffees and the benefits are worth so much more than that. There is exclusive daily content, newsletters, events, and of course, wonderful women to connect with and learn from. Just head to futurewomen.com to find out more. And if you have a moment, please take some time to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It helps other people to find out about the podcast and means that we can keep making it for you. Next week, superannuation, the topic we all know is important but is simply too dull to learn more about. I'm promising you we're going to make retirement planning a little bit of fun. Truly, I promise I can do it. Chat to you then.